if you wanna if you wanna see how far you've you've come <laughs> on your healing journey, go back to your childhood home and spend two weeks. <laughs> yeah it was a litmus test right and this is to say this is not like we're waiting for some magical moment where oh i'm completely healed i don't think that is gonna happen not to burst anybody's bubble Mm -mm. i don't think it's gonna happen as this end point oh i'm completely healed it's just not not what I see happening. Maybe, you know, if if you see it differently, it's totally, totally cool with me. Um, uh, to me, this is the 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 fun, the celebration, the the gifts that we receive with each layer of trauma that we uncover and heal. Because it's layer by layer. That's right. And each layer that we uncover or reveal, that reveals something so deep, deep treasures that we stand to reclaim and integrate by healing that layer. Mm-hmm. It's not healing your entire life. It's uncovering and healing a layer and a layer and a layer. And before before you and I started recording, I was um, sharing with you how how deep this journey is taking me every day every day i uncover new layers and our thrivers as well welcome to the revelation project podcast i'm monica rogers and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are we say that life is a revelation project and what gets revealed gets healed So hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Project podcast. Have you ever wondered, how good can it get? Well, 12 years ago, when my world fell apart, I couldn't even ask myself that question yet. At that time in my life, I was just starting to understand that I couldn't really feel anything at all, let alone entertain a question like, how good can it get? Because I had been so acutely aware of just how much I was suffering. So that was like my constant reality was this just perpetual suffering all the time. And I knew at that time in my life, I was just starting to get glimpses of the patriarchal system. So when I came across Dr. Valerie Rain's work, it truly was a revelation because she has basically revealed something called patriarchy stress disorder. She's also created the only science-backed system for helping women achieve their ultimate success, happiness, and fulfillment by revealing and healing the intergenerational trauma of oppression. She holds an EDM in psychological counseling from Columbia University and a PhD in psychology from the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology. Her best-selling book, Patriarchy Stress Disorder, The Invisible Inner Barrier to Women's Happiness and Fulfillment, has been heralded by Amazon reviewers as the most important body of literary work of our modern times, and perhaps the most important book of the century for women. 
Her cutting edge programs have helped thousands of women shift from survival to thriving and master the game of how good can it get in their work and their personal lives. So you are in for a total treat today. Welcome, Valerie. Hello, Monica. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being here. And for my listeners, I just want to say this to you. I am so blown away by your work. And honestly, having read it, I felt like someone was finally giving me language for my own experience. And I I just, it's so important, I think, what you're revealing in the world, what you're helping other women reveal in terms of what is hidden in our culture. And I think the truth for me is that I could relate to literally everything that you wrote in the book about being in a place of complete burnout, uh, frustration, disillusionment, even feeling that rage, depression. And I always talk about where I was at when kind of I had my own shattering experience and having adrenal fatigue and body issues and all the rest. So you've really just hit the nail on the head, so to speak. Yes, thank you for sharing your resonance. I wanted to really start by just asking you to really define for our audience, of course, what is patriarchy stress disorder? How do you define it? It is intergenerational, collective trauma or oppression that uh, women have experienced under patriarchy for thousands and thousands of years. And it manifests in so many ways, but ultimately creates this invisible inner barrier to women's ultimate success, happiness, and fulfillment, unbeknownst to us. I'm literally looking outside my window right now, and I'm seeing these fences and I always, call, I always called it an invisible fence. And I love, right, it's, it, it was in fact like I'm, I'm having this validation experience. Like, God, that is exactly what it felt like, that there were these yeah. invisible barriers. And I couldn't really figure out why there were certain places that I, I was not supposed to go. Yes. And it manifests in different ways. We can talk about the experience of a woman which we we probably all of us have started out on the journey with this experience of just being in compliance with what patriarchy wants from us, how to be a good girl, how to be a good woman, a good wife, a good mother, etc. And then there is an awakening that happens. And sometimes it happens through a crisis. <laughs> Most often it happens through a crisis, whether it's a health crisis or a relationship crisis or a work crisis. This part of our identity begins to dismantle. And it's, it's painful and it's revealing. Mm-hmm. And there were certain barriers before the crisis. And there are certain barriers once we get on the healing journey. We think of barriers as barriers between where we are and where we want to be in terms of getting what we want, getting our desires. Well, let me backtrack even more. First, there are barriers to even recognizing our desires. So these barriers are the pre-awakening barriers. We're just on the tracks laid down by patriarchy for us. We don't even stop to think, what is it that 
I authentically desire. We go by what we should want. I should want to have a career. I should want to look a certain way, right? I should want to have a partner. I should want to have kids. And then there are all these questions that kind of get come with answers, automatic answers from, from the patriarchy. So at this stage, there are barriers to even recognizing what we truly authentically want. And then the crisis awakens us to the fact that, oh shit, like my life is good, but who am I? Who am I? Who is living my life? Is this even the life that I wanted? And this is a painful reckoning. This is a painful revelation. And then we get in touch with our authentic desires. This is this is kind of the beginning of this healing journey, jailbreak journey, as I call it in my work. And ooh, the desires themselves are disruptive. We begin to recognize, oh, <laughs> I want this. I want that. I want this out of a relationship. I want this out of my work in the world. It's so scary. And then we perceive barriers as standing in the way between us and our desires. And we work through them on this journey and we get what we wanted authentically. And that is where the game of how good can get actually begins because there are barriers on the other side. And that's what I actually wanted to shed light on because it's so little talked about. I actually don't hear it talked about anywhere. It's all about how do you reach your goals? The real the real shitstorm begins when you do reach your authentic goals. Because <laughs> so true. Then, right? <laughs> it's so I'm, true. I'm glad we can talk about this, Monica, because this conversation deserves a lot of space because that's a conversation where we run out of audience. Like, who's going to have compassion for you? Your life is so good, right? Oh, my God. Well, it just struck, it just, <laughs> it, like, it just struck me suddenly what you said. And it is so true. Like, uh, And so where I was, right, when my world fell apart is I had done all the things. I had succeeded mm-hmm. in all of the ways. And so, yeah, that is when the real shitstorm began. Because, you know, the other thing that you said that I love so much is that des- desire is disruptive. But what I mm-hmm. also I also want to point to is the fact that many of us, and I, and I was one of them, I hadn't I hadn't desired in so long, I didn't even know what it felt like because I wasn't yes. feeling anything. Yes. And it wasn't actually, the only way that I started getting to my desires was actually recognizing what I didn't want anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I slowly had to say, no, not that. And to, mm-hmm. to find where my yeses were because I was so backwards. Everything was upside down. And I often say that women live in the upside down. We are living in a world that is kind of turned on its head and we can't see, you know, the truth of who we are from this vantage point. Yeah, such a common experience. And and once we once we are there, I just want to just sprinkle the seeds of this perhaps highly unrelatable picture to a lot of women, because some women listening may be in this phase of awakening to their desires, but I really want to encourage everybody to keep going because this is 
your desires will change your life. Following your desires will revolutionize everything. And once you get it, I want to normalize that once you get what you truly authentically desire, this is the beginning of the game of how good can it get? Mm -hmm. Because that is when PSD kicks into next gear. This is when you begin experiencing the real shaking and baking. Because when when we are just following the tracks of patriarchy, we really, we're not experiencing, like we, we know that something is holding us back. But once we get to really step into our visibility, when we get to step into a relationship of our dreams or beyond our wildest dreams, my, mine happens to be actually everything in my life is way beyond my wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. And this is something that our thrivers experience as well as we journey together uncovering and healing PSD and other hidden traumas in our programs their experiences become very quickly unrelatable, like beyond the wildest dreams. And so some people listening may be like, Dr. Valerie, what the F are you even talking about? What is the problem? And the problem is that we really don't have role models out there living these lives. We don't have role models living the lives of very whole self-expression in every area. And how good can it get in every area? Yeah, we have women role models maybe who are doing great in business and this area of their life is really shining, but they may still hate themselves, right? Deep down inside, they may not be able to relax. They may not be able to be playful with their kids and their partners. They may be, may, maybe their love lives, uh, their sex lives have, have dried up and it's not our fault. Something that I want to explain is that once we start really reaching for and claiming our desires, and this is where women we work with actually are, they're not just like sitting and, uh, you know, <laughs> dreaming. They are makers, they're creators, they're claiming what they desire. And what happens is PSD kicks into gear big time because everything that we authentically desire is coded in our nervous system, in our subconscious as dangerous, as mortal danger. So, The brighter we shine, the more money we make, the more amazing our relationships become, the more our system actually experiences this turbulence. Mm -hmm. And this is where the game of how good can it get kicks in. This is where we do the work of rewiring our nervous system so that we can expand and feel safe in our success. And it doesn't come from the mind, from the conscious mind. It doesn't come from affirmations. It doesn't come from uh, mindset work. It comes from the depths. It comes from how we are wired and what our system perceives as good for our survival is actually contrary to what is good for our thriving. So this is major, major work. And for us to lift this this ceiling on how good can it get to not only have the things that we want to have, but fully enjoy them, fully enjoy them and keep on expanding into how good can it get. We must develop a new skill set, a skill set of thriving. And this is really the crux of our work in the world right now, because this is something that we're not taught anywhere. We don't have role modeling in. And this is essential, not only for women's evolution, but for humanity evolution and liberation. Yeah, that's right. And 
I love what you're saying about the modeling, and I call it fully permissioned women who are in full self approval. Mm. And it's this real idea of, right, if we can't see it, we can't be it. And yet there's that paradox because at this point, it's through some of the tools that you and so many other brilliant women are building for women to be able to liberate themselves, to be able to start to stretch into their lives in a way that they had never before really given themselves permission to do that. Because again, these invisible barriers were consistently trying to keep them in survival mode. It wasn't, it's again, it's turning the whole thing on its head. And that of course takes tremendous amount of practice. And it's something that we don't come by just one day, like it suddenly opens up and suddenly it's easy. This becomes work that we practice on a daily Mm -hmm. minute by minute basis. Exactly. Exactly. And community is crucial in that. It's really that I've used this word unrelatable very consciously. My life is completely unrelatable, even to myself a few months ago. I could have never imagined that what I experience daily would be possible, both the circumstances of my life and how I feel inside. And our thrivers experience that as well. And for us to not get sucked back into that common denominator of like, you got to suffer and you got to sacrifice and it's all hard work. That's how we're programmed to be. And especially as women, we're programmed to sacrifice and give, give, give. And so even women who reach worldly success, they're so trapped in this hamster wheel. They're not thriving. They're still in survival. They may have million, multi-million, um, hundred million, et cetera, dollar businesses, but they're in survival. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that the nervous system is in a state of hypervigilance. It doesn't relax. And this is what we hear from women when we get on this journey together. Yeah, I accomplished what I set out to accomplish, but Uh, I have a hard time stopping and relaxing. I had a hard time sleeping through the night. I don't feel rested. I don't feel playful. I know there is more to who I am, to my authentic expression in the world. I know there is that next level in my work in the world, but I have a hard time wrapping my hands around it. And there are good explanations for all of that. Remember, success is coded as danger for women. Mm -hmm fullest authentic self-expression coded as danger for women. Pleasure is coded as danger for women. Absolutely. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And because of that, our entire system, our subconscious, our nervous system is pushing against what we consciously want. These invisible in the barriers are inside and they are technically, they are trauma defenses. And just to illustrate how this works, so it's crystal clear. I love this study for the clarity of how it portrays how intergenerational trauma is transmitted. In this study, researchers introduced the smell of cherry blossoms to mice while simultaneously zapping their feet with mild electric shocks. These mice were then bred and their children and their grandchildren, when exposed to the smell of cherry blossoms, showed a strong fear and anxiety reaction. 
okay. So let that drop into the body and uh, translate, make, make that bridge, make that translation. What is PSD? PSD is fearing the smell of cherry blossoms. Women who have every opportunity in the world fearing the smell of cherry blossoms, which is everything that we deeply authentically desire that has been coded as unsafe in our systems. And so women go two routes. We either experience those barriers that hold us back and we dance with those barriers for a while, or we blaze through the barriers. We say, F it, I'm going to do it anyway. And we do it, but the nervous system still catches up with us. Mm-hmm. And it robs us that that programming, because the trauma still lives in our systems, unless we've done specific work to release it from the body, from the nervous system. It's not on the level of thinking at all, at all. There's nothing to fix in our thinking that, that would have that effect. And once, once we're, if we haven't done this work, it will keep on robbing us from being able to fully live our lives and enjoy and enjoy and just not only have it all by enjoy, but enjoy it all. And I really feel that this is that next stage in uh, the liberation of women. Yes, we have the opportunity now. Thank you to every woman on whose shoulders we stand and their allies who have fought really, really hard for us to have the opportunities. And now this liberation front is on the inside because these are the exact opportunities that are burning us out, that are creating all these crises in our lives. And I'm not saying do not take the opportunities. We absolutely, absolutely take the opportunities and we cannot afford to ignore the internal resistance. We cannot afford to override it, basically perpetrating oppression on ourselves. Oh, just forget about it, right? Mm -hmm. Just feel fear, do it anyway. Uh, We cannot afford to do that because the, the, the price is too high. The price is too high. So many successful, high-achieving women, right, are burning out or are under-living, under-feeling, under-expressing themselves with their partners, with themselves, with their kids, with their friends. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. I love everything that you're speaking to leads me back to the body holds the wisdom really all the time. And it's mm-hmm. it's remembering as women, again, that enjoyment and what you said about the cherry blossoms, right? And and that being such a profound revelation in terms of understanding how generational trauma works, because we have passed this inherited system down generation to generation. And here we are a day after Mother's Day. And It isn't lost on me as I visit my mother after 18 months of having not been able to see her right through COVID that I immediately kind of noticed what it is to even walk through the threshold of my childhood home, the triggers that immediately kind of set off in my nervous system. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Valerie, I was kind of like, wow, look at this. It's so interesting. I actually in the 18 months, right? And this is nothing specific against my mother at all, but it's Mm -hmm. the conditioning. It's the childhood conditioning. And in some ways, without having 
had the 18 months to really recognize how settled and kind of calm my nervous system has become. Yeah. It was really interesting to kind of come home and start to recognize how worked up I was getting. And I was like, why is this? And it's there was that immediate kind of understanding of like, well, here you are, like entering back into this world again where. Yeah. You know, we're conditioned in our families. We can't avoid that to be to play different roles. And and it's just been kind of interesting to see how that is that I'm reminded of the ways in which I am my nervous system, my body holds wisdom that mm-hmm. sometimes I cannot kind of logically make that connection until I tune in. Absolutely. I love you speaking to that Pema children a wonderful um, Buddhist teacher who is uh, who's, who's lived a very full life and is a mom and um, is this uh, you know American woman who who then um, became a Buddhist nun. Anyway, I'm a big fan of Pema Children, and she talks about if you wanna if you wanna see how far you've you've come <laughs> on your healing journey, go back to your childhood home mm-hmm. and spend two weeks. Yeah, it was a litmus test, right? And this is to say, this is not like we're waiting for some magical moment where oh, I'm completely healed. I don't think that is gonna happen not to burst anybody's bubble Mm-mm. i don't think it's gonna happen um as this end point oh i'm completely healed um it's just not not what i see happening maybe you know if if you see it differently it's totally totally cool with me um uh, to me this is the 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 fun, the celebration, the the gifts that we receive with each layer of trauma that we uncover and heal, because it's layer by layer. That's right. And each layer that we uncover or reveal, that reveals something so deep, deep treasures that we stand to reclaim and integrate by healing that layer. Mm-hmm. It's not healing your entire life. It's Uncovering and healing a layer and a layer and a layer. And before before you and I started recording, I was um, sharing with you how how deep this journey is taking me every day. Every day I uncover new layers, and our thrivers as well. And we and we share with each other because um, we call it <laughs> four minute miles. Just just like Sir Roger Bannister, who who ran, who was the first. A person on record to have run a four-minute mile. Before he did, it was considered humanly impossible to do it. Mm-hmm. And after he did, lots of other humans did it. So when we heal in, in community, we share with each other. I call this collective acupuncture. <laughs> we share. <laughs> this is what I'm discovering. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, this, Monica, this, I noticed this is playing out. And I completely was unaware of how like, I was subconsciously taking up less space when I was teaching with my partner. Oh, shit. What you're pointing to here, which is so brilliant, is like we're sharing our revelations with each other, right? And we're, we're learning from each other. Yes. And we are making it safe for each other to go there to those depths because our subconscious gets the message. Oh, she gets to feel it. She gets to talk about it. And not only is she not rejected, 
but she's actually loved even more and she's so safe and she's so supported. We can go there too. And the same goes for success. Our thrivers claim their desires on greater and greater levels and bring back, oh, you know, I quadrupled my revenue this month or you know i am in featured in this publication or whatever is happening that is so exciting and and we witness and we go oh it's safe for me too it's safe for me to celebrate it's safe for me and it's safe yeah it's safe to celebrate and it is safe to experience that too. It's one thing to see somebody on the screen and go, oh yeah, of course, but they can do it, but they're not me. But when we're journeying together, we know each other so intimately, so vulnerably, so deeply. Like I know that her uh, prison guards, her trauma defenses, I know them because Mm -hmm. they're the same as mine and I've seen her share and I've seen her work through them. And so when she comes back and goes, I quadrupled my revenue, I go, yeah, I can totally see that happening for me too, because I relate. Yes. I relate. And Dr. Valerie, one of the things that you're pointing to is, of course, this structure that, again, as we reveal that we are part of this hidden system, right? And so Mm -hmm. there are many of our listeners that understand this and know this. And then, of course, there are other listeners who might be just joining us today who this concept might be new for. And so, and those of us that hadn't read your book, I wondered if you could talk a little bit about the prison guards, because it's very, very true, right? that the way that we kind of have managed ourselves or kept ourselves safe in the past has almost been like a way of not realizing but but imprisoning ourselves. And so I wondered if you could t- talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, great question. So um, what I refer to as prison guards are trauma defenses. And these are subconscious mechanisms that play out in our thinking, in in the way our body expresses herself through health expressions and energy, etc., feeling safe, feeling unsafe, and through our actions and behaviors. And most of that stuff, well, I guess by definition, they are unconscious. So it's not technically us doing this thing. So it's not us orchestrating. It is our system subconsciously keeping us safe. And to take a step back and show what I mean by trauma, I mean any experience that made you feel unsafe physically or emotionally Mm -hmm. in your fullest authentic expression and led to creating trauma adaptations to keep you safe. Okay, so you may be wondering, when have I ever felt safe in my fullest authentic expression? And that is a fair question. We were all born into this invisible inner prison of intergenerational trauma. We have inherited most of our prison guards, like the prison guard of don't shine too brightly, right? If something is going well in your life, you know, don't, don't share about it. You know, people will be jealous. People won't, won't like you. Don't don't be too sexy. Don't speak your mind. Oh, don't be too sexy. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. You got to be sexy, but not too sexy. 
fine line, right? <laughs> Ooh, there's so much. We can be unpacking them all day long and it won't be enough. What I want you to take away from this conversation is that you haven't created them. You haven't consciously created them. You've inherited a bunch. You were born with, with those. And through your own life experiences, you, you've uh, developed a few more. Maybe um, in kindergarten, you were doing show and tell and somebody laughed and maybe they were not even laughing at you. But in that moment, you felt like disappearing. You felt like just crawling out of your skin, slithering out of the room. And now you may have fear of public speaking and you may be thinking, oh, it's nothing. Like it happened a long time ago. It doesn't affect me anymore. Or some people think, oh, I, I worked through it in therapy. And um, most of our thrivers come to us after having been in therapy some some of them for decades, and not because they, they, they're so quote-unquote messed up, but because they've been working so hard to get their life to where they wanted it to be, right? They've been working really, really hard in, in the outer world, in the inner world, and talking about trauma doesn't resolve trauma, okay? Talking about trauma doesn't resolve trauma. It's not the same as working through. Working through trauma must involve the body. It must involve the body because the body is the expression um, or an expression of our subconscious mind. So that's how we actually work with prison guards. We don't try to override them. We don't try to negate them. And prison guards can show up as, you know, the inner critic, the imposter syndrome. They're all prison guards. They're very effective. Mm -hmm. If your mind is telling me, oh, it's telling you it's not going to work or who's going to want to listen to you or, you know, you don't have enough expertise. You got to read all these books. It's effectively holding you back, right? It's keeping you safe. I discovered my most recent prison guard I discovered was my perfectionist prison guard. Mm, it's a good one. Yeah, right? Because it's, it's it's so I'm, I'm sharing this with our listeners because there's so many places that I hadn't recognized that the perfectionist was taking over and that that was actually a survival mechanism versus something that I could actually let go of. And and so to disrupt that behavior or to recognize it, I first had to really kind of sit with it, sit with what the what the impact has been on my life and mm. and actually start to recognize all the places it shows up and i think we've been taught to run from those scary messy emotions because we feel like if i take some time here and really be with the discomfort of the discovery yeah. right of the revelation that i'm somehow going to be annihilated and to go back to your love of pema you know, Chodron, I too, her book actually, When Things Fall Apart, I always talk mm -hmm. about was my life-saving book when my world fell apart because, yeah. because she had this way of helping me understand the wisdom of not escaping from, yeah. from my truth, from my, from my own feelings of discomfort. And there was a way that she explained how to befriend myself that felt so the antithesis of what I had been trained to do. Yeah, exactly. 
befriending ourselves. What a concept, befriending our minds, <laughs> befriending our bodies. What? I get to befriend my body and not abuse her by through these punishing uh, diets and compulsive exercise to beat, beat her into compliance with uh, what I call patriarchy perfect, mm-hmm. right? All of this right? It's it's revolutionary, unlearning and learning. And what we bring into this discovery, and I love how you framed it as this discomfort of discovery. Absolutely. There's so much discomfort. And we make it easier, a lot easier by adding tools that help to rewire the nervous system, that help create capacity to be with something that might've felt scary and actually uh, bring up those experiences, discharge them from the nervous system, move them through, move them out, reintegrate things on the, on the physical, physiological, biological levels. And it's truly fascinating because these prison guards then evolve to bodyguards. The prison guards from the inner critic and different self-defeating thoughts on the mind level or on the physical level, it may be anxiety, depression. They all start out as prison guards. And then if unattended, they uh, they may become chronic conditions that, that root deeply into our nervous system and become kind of the normal because they are keeping us safe by anxiety, by hypervigilance and depression by it's kind of, it's kind of a freeze response on top of that hypervigilance. And all sorts of hormonal imbalances and all sorts of um, aches and pains, right? All the physical expressions or energy low, energy high, they're holding us back. And behaviors such as um, addictive behaviors, uh, unhelpful behaviors, self-sabotaging behaviors, like from, you know, your Netflix marathon to um, having a hundred tabs open, on your browser or or distraction or procrastination or perfectionism, all of this, just recognizing that none of that is any kind of a personality flaw, okay? Mm -hmm. Or any kind of a thing that is wrong with you that you need to fix. But looking at it from the point of view of compassion, having so much compassion. And we, we even go as far as appreciating, appreciating these prison guards for having been there for generations and generations, having been there for us, enabling our survival. And then we retrain them to become our bodyguards. Mm. Because yes, we still need to be safe, but in a very conscious way, we get to engage this mechanism. So from being firing from our subconscious to being our conscious allies and protecting us, not by holding us back, keeping us stuck in the status quo, no matter how painful it may be, unfulfilling, to being able to protect us on the journey, on the journey to our greater visibility, success, all of our desires. That is, in essence, what this transformation makes possible. I want to mirror this back to you, Dr. Valerie, because it's so amazing. Because you're what you're really talking about here is like the alchemy of transformation. Yeah. Because what I'm hearing you say is that the prison guards are what keep me locked into the trauma. But when I do the work and I discharge this and I kind of gain access to tools that kind of give me then the ability to work with what is in the moment to kind of become aware and start to practice these tools, then what happens is that now I'm out fully expressing in the world and I get to kind of now acknowledge 
and have these basically bodyguards, that they're no longer Mm -hmm. keeping me locked in. They're protecting me as I navigate the world by almost being in, in, and I loved your, now that I'm thinking of it, I loved how you described it in the book, or was it the book, or was it on a video I saw you in where the prison guard could keep track of all of the prisoners from its vantage point? Weren't you saying that? Was it you that was saying this? But then, but then if you kind of are on the outside that the that the prison yeah. guard becomes this almost like bodyguard like walking side by side you're able to now take your work out into the world and your full self-expression out into the world and really kind of have your bodyguard kind of checking in with you. If you do get kind of triggered or disrupted in that mm-hmm. moment, you kind of can recover yeah. more easily. Exactly. And it's just easy. It's easy. We're so programmed that it's all hard work and sacrifice. Nothing can be easy. And you don't get to enjoy until you're like, or you don't even get to rest until you're just dragging. You're just spent. And then you collapse and we call it rest. No, F that. Mm -hmm. F that. Mm -hmm. Rest is central. Pleasure is central. <laughs> Living a life designed by our desires is 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 how we roll. That's that's the thriving reality that we're co-creating uh, with, with our thrivers. And this is that I feel one of my greatest joys in life is seeing that become a new normal. Yes, for me and our thrivers, because that's the shift I want to see happen in the world. I want my daughter growing up seeing more and more women carrying this as their new normal, that life can be easy. Life is easy. Life is fun. And that fullest authentic expression is available to them at any moment. That's right. And and this is where we go back to the community and why it's so essential. I often talk about how important women's circles are, and especially, of course, women who have done this work, because this is how we continually keep it in practice. And when we forget, of course, we have our community to remind us, to help us remember that we're not here to continue to carry the patriarchal rules forward as women. And when we're unconscious to this conditioning, that is what we do as women. We can often kind of almost have this unrecognized, unrevealed internal misogyny. Absolutely. And how we actually behave together is by harming each other and ourselves. And this is obviously, right, very different in the context of which we're speaking is practicing with women who are actually in integrity with doing this work. And it just does become so much easier over time. Yeah. Yeah. Women who are all also on this healing journey, all of us have experienced wounding in community and uh, specifically in the community of women. So there's oftentimes a lot of hesitation when our thrivers are on the threshold of joining our community. They, uh, they don't know if they're going to be safe. Mm-hmm. And um, because all our traumas have been received in community, be it a community of just one more person or more than one person, healing also must happen in a community. 
Okay, when we're talking about intergenerational and collective trauma, collective trauma requires collective healing. And um, yeah, it is so, so refreshing and the world changing to be a part of a community of women who are truly going into the core power, into their core wisdom that does not involve power over somebody competition and jealousy but uh, but the opposite is true where the more one of us takes up space the more everybody takes up space the more one of us taps into her power the more everybody taps into her power and we we just amass that communal safety and communal healing together <laughs> yeah i would love for you to speak to a little bit about men because of course mm. one of the beautiful things that i love so much about your work is that this this isn't necessarily about excluding men because one of the things that you talk about is in light of your discovery of psd we know that this very much harms and impacts men as well absolutely yeah when i say patriarchy i don't mean men that's an important distinction. Mm -hmm. Patriarchy is a system of inequality and oppression where historically power, political, economic, and even moral power has belonged to men with the exclusion of women and people across the gender spectrum. So this system traumatized people across the gender spectrum, including men deeply. The cost of membership in club patriarchy is really high for everyone. Women have to conform to a very narrow self-expression range. Men as well. Patriarchy tells men that they cannot be nurturing, they cannot be emotional, they cannot be in touch with their emotions. The only allowable emotion for men is anger, they got to be competitive. They got to be aggressive. And <laughs> it is not the fullest expression of humanity for anyone. Mm -hmm. So it is extremely painful and traumatic to be stripped of that freedom of the fullest authentic expression for everyone. And so, of course, it translates into a massive mental health crisis for men as well as women and people across the gender spectrum. Of course, there's a lot of there are a lot of issues in relationships that are not ours, you know. And then you 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 go to a relationship coach or a family therapist, and the focus is going to be probably on your family of origin, which is valid. Like, where does your baggage come from, or your previous experiences and previous relationships? It's all valid, and it does not go far enough because we, most of our issues actually come from generations and generations of intergenerational trauma and this collective conditioning under patriarchy. Mm -hmm. That is the crux of it. And once we go there, everything else begins to have more space and unfold and your relationship can go to the next level of how good can it get. That's what we see happening with our thrivers 
and their their parenting, their relationship with their kids goes like completely unfolds. They start enjoying their lives. They start having this amazing embodied experience where they actually enjoy being in their own skin and genuinely love themselves, not just like saying words of affirmation into the mirror and uh but then uh, kind of the actual emotional experience not matching that, right? All of that is available. All of that is absolutely within reach. We just need to broaden the lens of our exploration, our revelation. We need, we must include intergenerational and collective trauma. Mm, Yeah, so much. And I think, you know, when I think about men and women and how, frustrating it is because we've of course each been conditioned to not be able to relate to each other which you know so it's it's so crazy making honestly and so to your point it's it how good can it get and I can so relate to what you said about you know my life is unrecognizable if I were to Mm -hmm. you know go back to who I was before I started doing this work and how not only has it liberated me but it's liberated my relationship with my my partner now and it's liberated my relationship with my children Mm-hmm. It's liberated my, you know, it's like, and now I'm modeling, just like you said, for my own children, what is a fully permissioned and, you know, woman who is in her pleasure look like? Yeah. And what is she saying no to? And what is she saying yes to? I mean, and so all of the ways in which you're teaching this work have very practical applications. Mm-hmm. But the biggest one that I see is we learn to trust ourselves and we also learn what true intimacy really is. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a sweet spot right there. Mhm. Yeah, and I love that. I always love that term, you know, when we break down intimacy, it really is, you know, that vulnerability that allows somebody to see exactly what's going on mm-hmm. with me and having the tools to express it in that moment. Yeah. In a way that lets someone in versus keeps them out. Brené Brown said about vulnerability that the and trauma that the greatest thing that trauma takes away from us is access to vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And it's really deep and all of us, all of us carry trauma, little T traumas, little experiences, big T traumas, some of us, and all of us without exception, intergenerational trauma. That's right. Unless your DNA is from another planet completely and fully, and you're not related to any humans who walked this earth before you, we all carry that. And this discovery, what we know from the field of epigenetics, to me, this is one of the most liberating discoveries of of recent years, because it gives us this leverage. It gives us this revelation that nothing is wrong with you. You don't need to fix anything about you. And there is something to heal. And just as trauma is genetically transmitted, so is healing. So we actually have the unprecedented, unprecedented opportunity of both having access to this scientific proof and knowledge and to tools for healing that give us the opportunity to interrupt intergenerational transmission of trauma in just one generation. Even if you already have kids, or even if you don't have kids or not planning on having kids, it doesn't matter. You still are 
you're listening to this right now. You have access to this right now. You are in this powerful position of interrupting this intergenerational transmission of trauma by embodying this change that you want to see in the world. How amazing is that? Your life is transformed and so is the world. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. It's so true. It's really uh, powerful when when you really start to look at the the science and the impact. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's incredible. And I think I often think of Malcolm Gladwell's work in the tipping point because yeah. I think the more and more of us that start to do this work and really start to take responsibility because it's it's not our fault. I often say that it's not our fault what happened to us, but it is our responsibility once we know to to really offer ourselves the work of healing and that what gets revealed does get healed and that mm-hmm. it doesn't all happen at once, but that it, to your point, it gets easier and it just, it's like there, I, I have had moments, Dr. Valerie, where I have just even you know, even in the last year, even under in the pandemic, experienced moments of unprecedented joy that I have never mm-hmm. felt before, <laughs> because I'm allowing myself to feel at, and because yeah. I trust myself to feel at such yeah. a deep, deep level. And so it's just exquisitely beautiful. So I really just want to, again, like, thank you for your work in the world. Thank you for just, I'm in the midst of writing and I know what it actually takes to like sit down and I can't even imagine what it felt like to put these complex thoughts and get them out in the world. And and just, I really admire you so much. So I just want to mm-hmm. thank you again for bringing this work to the world and just really invite our audience to, of course, find out more about you in the show notes. And I would love for you to tell them where they can follow you online and on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you so much, Monica, for your kind words. I so appreciate that. And I I do, and I did, and I've always had a strong team supporting me in everything I do. I think it's a myth that needs to be busted once and for all that if you're a strong woman, you, you do it all by yourself. No, I, a definition of strength for me is in community again. Right. Yeah. So always having people supporting me, mentors, collaborators, people, yeah, who co-create with me. Always, always, always. So to that effect, if you are resonating with what we're talking about, if you'd like to um, dip your toes in into the space of the book, drvalerie.com forward slash book. That's where you can download the first chapter and also the book resources and start playing with practices. And I'm active on Instagram and it's Dr. Valerie Rain. Follow me. I love uh, receiving DMs. So if you have any questions or takeaways from this conversation, would love would love to hear from you. And from time to time, we have live experiences where we can gather, we can uh, be in community. And so, if you are on my, if you do download that chapter of the book, you you will be invited to be on my mailing list and receive my thriving notes, and you'll be invited to uh, join us for one of those, or you can also head on over to thethrivingexperience.com. That is our really big event, which we do a couple of times a year, thethrivingexperience.com. It is currently free to attend. 
I don't know if it will always be going forward, but it is now. So we we have women from all over the world coming in and experiencing together that shift from survival to thriving. And it's so, so, so powerful. So I hope to continue this conversation. And I hope that we are now joined on this journey of uncovering and healing intergenerational trauma and playing the game of how good can it get? How good can it get? This is a game worth playing. Thank you so, so much. (laughs) And of course, for our listeners, until next time, more to be revealed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.